0: Welcome to the Small Baller Podcast. My name is Trevor Reddick, and as always, I'm joined by a man who loves cheddar cheese, Brendan Siegel. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing quite well. Cheddar is kind of the uh, the top tier cheese of the world. It kind of goes with everything. You know, can you think of one spot where cheddar would be bad, Trevor?
0: You know, I don't. I don't think I can. I, I do definitely love cheddar. It's very versatile, and it can go on a lot of different uh, foods. So, yeah, pretty pretty good take, I'd say.
1: It's kind of funny cuz I think like at this point in our lives Trevor we train like we we take the way we talk about sports we talk about everything now. Like it doesn't matter if it's something as simple as cheese or if LeBron James is the best like the way we talk about cheese like you're just like yeah, cheddar's very versatile which you're 100% correct. But it's just funny we talk about it like we would like a sports yeah. game, which I think it's just hilarious. Um but uh today we're sadly without Ben O'Brien. He will be back next week. Um at least I hope. So Um, Because I don't want to only have to listen to Trevor. We need someone to break it up a little bit. Um, But we do have a fun episode planned regardless. A lot happening in sports. We have the NFL starting. College football is fully in swing now. A lot of big upsets we'll get into. Uh, I don't know if anyone didn't know, but Ohio State did lose. And we're going to talk about it. Uh, But first up, we have the Big 12 Um, in small talk here. The Big 12 has invited four new teams after losing two teams. And see, here's the thing. The two teams they lost uh, are both worth two teams of the caliber they invited, so it makes sense they invited four in my mind. Uh, they invited BYU, Houston, UCF, and Cincinnati uh, to the conference. Uh, you know, two months after Texas and Oklahoma left. Uh, so Trevor, your thoughts on, I mean we, we've we haven't seen this for a while, but this is common where teams leave conferences and go to different conferences. Um, you know, like I said, we haven't seen it in a while. But what are your thoughts on, on these four teams being invited?
0: Yeah, it's, it's definitely pretty strange. I mean, when I saw it, I was like, wait, wait, what? These four teams? Because you look at the geography and you're like Cincinnati in the Big 12. That doesn't make a lot of sense. UCF in the Big 12. That doesn't make a lot of sense either. But you do have Houston. Okay, that one I could see, especially for basketball. Houston's a good uh, basketball team. I think they'd be great in the Big 12. Especially in basketball, BYU's a little—I don't know—a little, a little more iffy as well. But it's interesting. Um, I think this shift feels more surprising than any other shift maybe we've seen. I mean, we did see back when the Big East broke up, we had a lot of those teams, and I think that was like 2010, 2011, something like that, 2012, when they broke up, and you saw like West Virginia went to the Big 12, which that's strange, and now we've kind of gotten used to it. We have like. Uh, Rutgers and Maryland went to the Big T- Big Ten. You had, like, Louisville and Syracuse go to ACC and a couple other teams, Pittsburgh, right? And some of those made some sense. Like, Syracuse and ACC, like, okay, I could see how that makes sense. They're in New York. A lot of the other ACC teams are in, like, the New Jersey, the Maryland, the North Carolina area. So that's not as far-fetched. But it- it's just weird from a geography standpoint. I mean, to me, if you're the Big 12 – um, I think having Texas and Oklahoma leave the two biggest programs in your conference, definitely in football, um, but even, even still, I mean, not quite not, not in basketball. Cause Kansas is the biggest, but certainly in football, it was a huge hit when Texas and Oklahoma left. So trying to fill the void, I think the big 12 probably got a little desperate and they were probably open to um, accepting a lot of different teams. You know, it just so happens that these are the four teams that, really wanted to come to the Big 12 and as we saw it was unanimously voted on by the Big 12 that these four teams would all be accepted so I mean it's gonna be interesting I don't love it just because it's I I don't know I guess it's kind of the thing of like you know we don't necessarily always accept change right away just in general when it comes to anything so it's gonna be interesting to see Um, I guess over time we'll get more used to it but it's definitely weird right now and I, in particular, I don't love that Cincinnati and Central Florida are in the Big 12. It just, from a geography standpoint, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
1: Yeah, we've already had some weird, you know, geography stuff with the the Big 12. Uh, a lot of interesting teams kind of everywhere. I mean, uh, you know, we've got, like, like, West Virginia's in there, and then they got to play, like, Texas Tech, like, it's just it's just kind of weird, mm-hmm. you know, there's a lot of travel in the Big 12, you gotta have money to be in the Big 12, because you gotta be able to travel a lot, now there's even more traveling, you know, um, all four of these teams I don't think are bad sports teams, you know, BYU's been really good at football, they're only going to get better, Houston has been great at football and basketball, especially UCF, um, has been a pretty eh, semi-decent basketball school, really good football school, of course, and Cincinnati's been both both good at basketball and football, and this year they're really good at football, so I think these are good additions. It's just it's kind of weird, you know. Every time this stuff happens, just like you said, like any time big things like this change, they're weird. Um, so it's definitely a little bit weird, but you know we'll we'll move along and see how these teams do in the Big Twelve. I don't expect any of them winning Big Twelve titles anytime soon necessarily, but we will have to wait and see for that. Uh, moving along, uh, just to hit a little more college football, we. We're not going to go full-fledged into college football this week just because, you know, the NFL is starting. But next week, we'll do a little bit more of a deep dive into college football. Um, There's a lot of great games. We're only going to talk about one this week, which is the Oregon Ducks versus Ohio State Buckeyes in Columbus. Um, Ohio State does end up losing this game 35-28. And here's the thing. I don't even think Oregon's like this terrible team. I just think Ohio State's not nearly as good this year as everyone thinks. Um, You know, normally, Ohio State is an elite-tier team. They are a top-three, four-team. I don't see them being there this year. The defense is not quite there. I'm a big believer in CJ Stroud, um, but he's barely played football. <laughs> I mean, before this, he's had like a year and a half of high school football um, to play with. That, that's really it. So He just hasn't played a lot. He's very young, and he had a pretty good game against Oregon. I can't even hate on the game he had. It really wasn't that bad at all. Um, so, you know, the defense did not do any help at all this game. And this is a game where they played against Oregon without their two best players. And uh, Justin Flo and Xavier uh, Thibodeau, I think is the way to pronounce his name, which Thibodeau will be probably the number one or number two pick in the draft next year. Where Justin Flo is probably like a top 20, 25 uh, pick. So, you know, without without their, probably their two best players, this is a disappointing loss for sure for Ohio State. Um, I, I still think they'll win the Big Ten. I think the Big Ten's decently weak this year iowa doesn't seem so bad though i will say that um but uh, i don't think this is going to be a fabulous year for the ohio state buckeyes um in terms of what they're used to now over the next year or two they're going to be right back in it they've had insane recruiting classes insane recruiting classes um so you know another year or two and it's really going to be in full spin. Uh, and they will be back at that elite level. I just think this is that one year of a little bit of a dip, especially as Stroud is really getting used to being the Ohio State University's quarterback. Um, so depressing game for Ohio State. Great win for Oregon. Huge win for the Pac-12. Uh, but, you know, we'll have to see what happens. Trevor, what are your thoughts on this game?
0: Yeah, I think you said a lot of great things. Um, this this game definitely surprised me. Um, I definitely expected Ohio State to win this game. So as, as I was watching it in and, and Oregon, you could see C.J. Verdell uh, breaking out for these big runs. and. The, a lot of defensive breakdowns, and then obviously C.J. Stroud, who really did have a, a great game, seemingly. I mean, from what I was watching, he was making a lot of good throws. Um, just seems like, despite the fact that he's young, he was playing very well. Uh, obviously, at the end, he had that one bad pass. that sailed over the receiver's head for an interception. But outside of that, uh, I think he played very well. The main concern is the defense, um, particularly the defensive line. And, it, you know, obviously we'll see... We'll see how it improves. I think it will improve. Ohio State, I still think, is probably the team I would pick to win the Big Ten. I mean, if I'm betting on a team, I don't think you can bet on Iowa over Ohio State. I don't think you can bet on Penn State over Ohio State. I don't think, um, you know... We should really be too—I think if you're an Ohio State fan, I don't think you should be too worried about losing the Big Ten. However, the college football playoff, which is the main aspiration for Ohio State every year, winning the championship, obviously, um, I think that's going to be tough. Now that they have a loss, uh, they're going to have to win out, and even then, they might need some help from other teams losing. Obviously, some of these teams at the top, like uh, like an Oklahoma, like a Georgia, an AM and and even then, uh, because the SEC— uh, is a better conference in the big, big Ten. Even if you have like a one-loss Georgia versus a one-loss Ohio State, Georgia's probably getting the nod if it's like between them, like if it's four and five. So uh, it's going to be tough. But like you said, like this may just be one little down year for Ohio State. And then with the recruiting classes that they have, they'll be right back up in there, you know, as part of that top four, probably next year. But they might just be on the tier right below that, where it's like maybe they're – the 5th, 6th, or 7th best team, which is still very good, but it's not where they have been for the past, you know, I don't know, 6 to 10 years or whatever when, you know, Ohio State's been just incredible, mm-hmm. uh, being, you know, really every year.
1: You're 100% right. I, I fully agree. Um, but let's keep on moving along to the last part of our small talk today. Uh, we did see the NBA uh, enshrine uh, the new class of the Hall of Fame um, so Trevor, I'm just gonna throw this to you, a couple of thoughts on the uh the people that have been put into the Hall of Fame this year.
0: Yeah, so just to run down uh so, will we'll be putting Yeah, in, exactly. So just just to run down some of the biggest names. I mean uh we got like Chris Bosch, who obviously one of my favorite players, of course, uh Paul Pierce, uh Bill Russell as a coach, which is uh interesting. You got Ben Wallace, Chris Weber, Jay Wright, you know, very interesting there. definitely deserves uh, that as good of a coach as he has been, uh, and then you have uh, so many other names as well. Um, you know, outside of being a players as well. You, I mean, you even have like Tony Kukoc, um, and some other players. Um, but I think overall, it's it's interesting because uh, I know sometimes people talk about like the NBA Hall of Fame. It's kind of easy to get into, like certain players that get into it. It's like maybe they don't deserve it. Whereas like the NFL Hall of Fame, it seems like it's more difficult. It seems like you have to really stand out um, for a, a while to get in. Whereas, you know, you can question like, you know does does Ben Wallace like does is he a is he really a Hall of Famer like I don't know it's it's iffy but he got in um and I think that really besides that I think this is a great time to celebrate a lot of these careers um from these players obviously Paul Pierce not a player that I particularly like very much um but the career he had in Boston obviously is a very good one known for hitting a lot of big shots uh and then obviously Bill Russell you know getting in As a coach as well, um, winning a title as a coach in addition to the many titles he won as a player, Uh, very interesting there. And then we know the talent that like Chris Webber was, for example. So I think it's just you know good to to celebrate all of the the great people, Mm -hmm. um, you know, whether they're players, Mm -hmm. coaches, whatever the case may be, on getting into the basketball Hall of Fame.
1: Yes, of course. Um, I like you know like I did with the last one. I fully agree with you. A lot of great players on this one. I think that the talk of like the NFL versus the NBA's Hall of Fame is very different. You got to think the NFL has they got twenty two players on the field at a time versus the NBA's mm-hmm. ten, um, and they're both allowing the same amount of people in each year. Um, so you know, I guess maybe the NBA has a couple more this year. Like what there's seven guys from the NBA in terms of. I guess one of them is a coach. You know, in terms of play, there's only, what, six or five? Some,
0: yeah, yeah, something like that. And the that.
1: NFL has has varying numbers, but it's around that much too. Um, but it's very different because there's a lot more players in the NFL. So it kind of makes sense. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't knock either one for what they do. Um, but let's move on to randomly ranked. We will not have small talk trivia today, uh, for today. Um, but we do have a randomly ranked between Trevor and myself. And today's randomly ranked is one we've talked about before. Uh, but Ben doesn't eat this food as much. Uh, this is definitely a food that Trevor and I have a good amount. Um, so we're going to talk about our top three favorite omelet toppings. Um, so Trevor, I'll, I'll let you go first today, all right?
0: All right. Yeah, that sounds good. So top three. Top three was very tough for me. There's probably like, I like I can make a top 10. I, I can make a top five. I can make a top 10. There's so many great toppings for an omelet. So it was very tough to think of a top three, like certain things that are going to be left out of my list, like bacon. It's left out of my list, but it's amazing in an omelette. Sorry, Brandon. Sorry you had to hear that, but bacon is not in my top three. It would be close, but I have to mention it because it's so good. Uh, you have, you know, other kinds of cheeses that you can put in there. I love like salsa in my omelettes, um, you know, but those things are not going to make my top three. So I will start off with my number three, and I'm going with potatoes. Um, I got to have potatoes in, in a to make a full omelet that's you know like you know fills you up and like leaves you like you want to just like take a nap afterwards i think potatoes are crucial in that if i'm going in particular particular like what kind of potatoes i think like ha- uh i would say hash browns like cut up are are very good in particular in an omelet uh number two i'm going with my favorite cheese in particular in an omelet which is pepper jack cheese um, now, we mentioned cheddar at the start of the podcast. Cheddar, overall, is a better cheese than pepper jack. I agree with Brandon on that. However, in, particularly in an omelet, I think pepper jack is the best cheese. I think just like that little bit of spice, it's not too spicy, but it gives a little bit more flavor. I think it, it mixes well with you know whatever, if you have sausage, bacon, whatever kind of meat you have, and then if you have potatoes, I think it's just the perfect uh, mix, perfect balance there. And then number one, uh, I had a tough time deciding between like okay, you know if, if I have to pick a meat, obviously I ended up going with turkey sausage. Um, I could have went with oh my, <laughs> I could have went with regular sausage over bacon, over yes, bacon, over bacon. I could have went with bacon. Oh god! I could have went with ham. I could have went with like I could have went with a number of things, um, but I chose turkey sausage. I think it is the best meat in general. When it comes to omelets, it is close. I will give you yes over bacon. (laughs) I will give you that it's tough, but for me, turkey sausage, I I love it. Uh, you know, and yeah, that's that's my top three.
1: That that is a hot take for sure. But you know, Trevor, I'm glad you like turkey sausage because that is more bacon for me to eat. Um, so my top three. Number one, I gotta go with cheddar cheese. That's the ultimate cheese in omelets. Um, not that I hate uh the pepper jack take but i mean the, the ultimate cheese is cheddar it just is uh number two i'm gonna go with bacon i i cannot believe you picked any other meat over bacon i mean bacon is best in omelets It's easy to crumble up make nice and small um and uh i guess i'm, I'm kind of going backwards i'm going one two three um but uh my third one i gotta go with peppers red or green i'm, I'm a big red pepper fan but um i like both of them a couple honorable mentions i wanted to mention number one is onions And then number two is scallions. Scallions are very underrated in omelets. I I just love scallions on everything pretty much, whether it's uh, baked potato um, or potatoes in general. Scallions are a killer addition to any dish. Um, So that has to be my top three. Um, But let's move on here to our main topic. We got the NFL starting today. We're releasing this on Sunday the 12th. um, So you can see if our takes will be correct or not uh, as you listen to the podcast. Um, but starting out here, uh, we did have a game that has already been played on this Thursday. It was a wonderful game to watch. Really, really entertaining. Cowboys versus Buccaneers. Uh, the game was 31-29. The Bucs took the game. Um, and Brady and Dak Prescott both had wonderful performances, throwing to a lot of different receivers. Uh, Trevor, your thoughts on this game? Because at, at a point, it looked like the, the the Cowboys would win, and you know, then the, the Bucs took it back. It was really a great game. But what are your thoughts on it?
0: Yeah, it, it was a very good game. Um, I was definitely happy to see that. I'm glad that the Bucks came out with a win. But um, really, I, the first thing I got to mention isn't really the Bucks. It's related to the Cowboys. I mean, their offense is just incredible. I got to give them credit for it. Dak had an insane game. I mean, 403 yards. He was 42 of 58. Three touchdowns. Did have the one interception, but. I thought Dak was incredible. I mean, just, you know, really spreading it out amongst the wide receivers. Amari Cooper obviously had a great game. C.D. Lamb you had a tight end, tight end Dalton Schultz. Um, obviously, Michael Gallup, who did, you know, have a little minor injury there, um, but still just an incredible game. Uh, all around with the offense, I like the game plan. I know we were talking a little bit about, like, Kellen Moore, former Boise State legend. I like what he did as offensive coordinator, you know, not giving the ball to Zeke as much because the Bucks are one of the best run defenses in the NFL. They were last year. I think they still are this year. So I think it was smart not to – Give Zeke a ton of carries and really just let Dak, uh, just you know, just let him air it out because Dak is one of the best to me, probably, uh, probably top six, seven quarterbacks in the NFL. I think he's gonna have he's set for an incredible year. So I think that's what you gotta do, especially uh, when you're playing the Bucks, a team who also likes to air it out, has a very good passing game, very strong offense as well. You gotta try to keep pace with them, and they did a very good job of doing that. I mean, they very nearly won it. Um, now with the Bucks, I think. They played well, but I think they could have played better. Obviously, the turnovers are the main reason that prevented them from potentially winning this game by, you know, potentially two scores, you know, whether it's, I don't know, eight to ten points or potentially even more. Obviously, we had a few just plays that you would hope will not happen again, like the Godwin fumbling in the end zone. That was the biggest one uh, four net, kind of like a ball, like hit him in the face. He like volleyed up in there and it was an interception. Uh wasn't happy with that play either you had i think mike evans dropped a pass chris godwin dropped a pass which that's a little more normal really it's the the godwin fumble in the end zone which is really kind of inexcusable but besides that i thought the uh the buccaneers did look good overall um as far as the defense i i'm not incredible again i think the cowboys are one of the best offenses so the fact that they gave up 29 i'm not like i'm not like that worried obviously the defensive line is still very strong. It's more the secondary that I'm, like, at least, like, I'm looking at. You know, I had a lot of concerns with the secondary last year, at the beginning of the year, um, and it ended up coming through in a huge way in the playoffs. But there's still just things I'm looking at. You know, if we have a couple injuries, guys go down, then you're relying on, like, Jamel Dean. You're relying on Carlton Davis a little bit more. Two guys that I'm not completely sold on. So, going forward, it's going to be interesting. But I think the Bucks. Um, I, you know, I still have a lot of faith that they're probably the best team right now.
1: Yeah, I mean, this was such a great game. It really, really was. I think you're putting way too much stock into Kevin Moore. We've always known that this offense was a good offense. The Cowboys have great offense. Dak is a great player. He got his extension. Uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard are wonderful running backs. Amari Cooper, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup uh, are, are wonderful receivers. I, I think you're underrating how great the offense was last year. Just there was a ton of injuries. Um, C.D. Lamb was young. Dak Prescott not healthy. Zeke wasn't that healthy. So I mean, you're, I think you're you're underrating the offense as a whole. Um, I this game is confusing because I, I, the Bucks we know are good, but I can't really tell how good the Cowboys were. The Cowboys took advantage of mistakes that the Bucks made, and that's why this game was close. I felt like this game could have been won by like at least fourteen points, pretty easily by the Bucks, which would have made it a much bigger differential between the two teams. Obviously, two points doesn't seem like that much. Mm-hmm. Um, for the Bucks' sake, uh, they played really well with the exception of mistakes, which are easy to fix. Those are not difficult things to fix at all. I mean, Brady had a great game. Obviously, the fumbles are an issue, but you know, just hold on to the ball better. And I mean, this team's going to be right along its way. I still have the Bucks as a Super Bowl favorite. Um, I, I would expect them to win the Super Bowl. They kept all 22 starters. Um, you know, We'll have to see for next year, but for now... Um, both these teams to me look pretty solid I, I, I feel pretty good about both of these teams But we'll move along here uh, We, uh, we got to talk about these Ravens injuries uh, Which were absolutely insane um, You know, We saw Gus Johnson uh, Get hurt in, in practice Then only a couple plays later Marcus Peters the exact same injury Torn ACL, both non contact, Which are typically how ACL injuries happen um, This is very upsetting for me I, I was not having a fun day when this happened In the slightest bit uh, the Gus Edwards injury is a big one, don't get me wrong, but Marcus Peters is really the the important one here. Um, he is not easy to be replaced at all. The Ravens offense, I think, is so good and so good at running the ball. that I don't think it really matters who's back there, whether it's Le'Veon Bell, Tyson Williams, or Devonta Freeman. Um, doesn't really matter. I, I think all of them will do pretty good. Not that I don't think Gus is an issue uh, out. I do. I like Gus Edwards, but Marcus Peters is the big deal. Replacing him is going to be very, very difficult to do, and to me, sadly, I don't want to say this, but sadly, this is looking more and more like the Browns' year uh, to win the division. You know, the Ravens already have these injury problems. I mean, it, the Ravens had no running backs on roster at a point in time, pretty much. You know, um, LJ Ford was out for the year, too. A uh, big special teams player. They've just had a lot of big injuries already. Um, and it's, it's seeming like it's going to be a rough year. Um, you know, the Ravens will still be good. I'm not saying they aren't going to be good, but the Browns are all healthy the Ravens are not. Uh, so it's gonna it's looking very, very rough in, in the division for them. Uh, Trevor, any final thoughts before we kind of get to, to the games uh, coming up this week?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with pretty much everything you said. I mean, Peters is the bigger injury because the Ravens, you know, are going to have, well, certainly with Peters, I think they could have been the best secondary in the NFL now without him. Uh, it's probably not the case, you know, if he's not if he's not out there. I mean, he's an incredible player, one of the better defensive players that we have in this league. So that's a huge one. The uh, Gus Edwards, again, like you said, Not as big of a deal when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. Um, There's a lot of good running backs, or uh, I mean just a lot of running backs in general who could seem better when you have Lamar Jackson as your quarterback. So I think the running game will still be uh, very solid regardless.
1: Yeah, we'll have to uh, wait and see. Uh, Right before we get into the games here, talk a little bit about Darnold playing the Jets week one. Uh, which is huge. I am still a believer in Darnold. I'm just not a believer in the Jets, which is why I think Darnold is going to have an insane game today, and I hope that is the case as well. Uh, big believer in Darnold. I think he's going to have a great game. The Jets absolutely suck. Uh, I don't think this year will be any different. I know people like Zach Wilson. I am not as big of a believer in the, the New York Jets at all. Donald is bound for a big game today. I'm calling it here on the podcast. We can check back in next week. Darnold throws for three touchdowns, 300-plus yards. Panthers get the win. Uh, Trevor, before we get into these games, what do you think about Darnold?
0: Um, I mean, again, I'm not as high on him as you are. Um, I do definitely think the Panthers are going to win. They're the better team. They have the better roster. They have a better coach. Um, so I expect the Panthers to get this win today. Will Darnold have an, an, as good of a game as you're saying? Eh, I'd be a little more hesitant. But I wouldn't be super surprised if he did um, necessarily because it's, it's the New York Jets. But, yeah, I expect the Panthers to win. I think they have a lot of talent. Obviously, you know when you have McCaffrey, you know one of the best running backs in the league, if not the best. That's going to help you a lot. And I think their defense is at least, like, it's not horrible. It's not necessarily the best, but it's you know interesting. So I think the Panthers will uh, will uh, get the win. But I think just the fact that they um, you know put this game on week one was a great decision by the NFL. And just in general, I mean, I I gotta say like the scheduling that the NFL did, the games that they put. It's just like, for this week in particular, it's incredible. We got an amazing lineup, and I'm so excited for the games today.
1: 100%. So, uh, Trevor, what's what's a game that really catches your eye here?
0: So, I can I can sit here, I can talk about the obvious one, and, and maybe you can talk about that one. The, the obvious one's the Browns and Chiefs. However, I, I don't want to talk about that one, because that's, that's the one everyone's talking about. Obviously, it's going to be a good game. I want to talk about one that's a little under the radar, and the one that I'm looking forward to. And that's, at, uh, that's the Arizona Cardinals and the Tennessee Titans. I think this one, uh, no, one, not a lot of people are talking about this game. I think it could be a very good game. Um, I think the Cardinals in general, you know, they're not in as big of a market. I think they're a team that's going a little under the radar. I think maybe the Cardinals are being a little underrated. Now, they are in the best division football. So, again, that may be the reason they're kept out of the playoffs. But I still think the Arizona Cardinals are a very good team. Kyler Murray is a very fun player to watch. He has Hopkins. Uh, I think that's going to be interesting. Can Kingsbury turn it around? Obviously, you know, some of his coaching decisions last year weren't that great. And then from the Titans side, uh, you have this, you know, this high powered offense. Now with Julio Jones, you add, is the defense going to improve? What are they going to do? So I'm really looking forward to that game today. And I think that one's really a pick I don't, I had a hard time uh, picking who was going to win this. I I went through earlier and I was like, all right, I'm going to pick all of these games. And that's the one game where I stopped and was like, I really don't know. Like, I guess I'd lean toward the Titans because they're at home, but I think that's going to be a great game.
1: So, first game I want to talk about is the Chargers against the Washington football team. Uh, the Washington football team is one of the most talented teams in the league. Uh, putting it all together is a different question, but with Ryan Fitzpatrick this year, Ryan Fitzpatrick bought the Dolphins last year to a 10-win season, and uh, the Washington football team is a lot more talented than the Dolphins. Um, against, you know, Playing against the Chargers team, that is also really, really good. Justin Herbert has been wonderful uh, his first year in the league. I absolutely loved him on my fantasy team last year. He helped me win my main league. Um, This is going to be a really, really great game. The line right now is Washington uh, minus two. I expect the Chargers to cover that and win. Um, It is an away game for them. This is a big, big game um, setting the tone for them, I think, throughout the year. Um, And uh, I think the Chargers will pull away. I think they're the better team, even though the Washington football team is very, very talented. And I do expect them to win the NFC East. Uh, but I, I expect that to be a really, 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 really good football game. Uh, Trevor, any other game you want to mention? Yeah, here?
0: I want to stick on this Chargers game because I agree. I think it's uh, a very interesting um, game. Now, I I've, there's been a lot of like Chargers buzz. A lot of people talking about, oh, the Chargers, you know, maybe they could challenge the Chiefs a little bit. Do you at least, I mean... Obviously we, we think the Chiefs are going to win the AFC West and I know we both agree on that. but do you think the Chargers g- can get a wild card spot? I mean with this team, Justin Herbert, if he takes another leap, do you see them potentially getting a wild card spot? How, how do you what do you think about that?
1: I, I think it's possible but unlikely. Uh, just you know the Ravens Browns uh, are, uh, one of them will get a wild card spot. You know, you look at the Colts and Titans. One of them will get a wild card spot, so they're going to be fending for that third spot. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, if they are able to get it, I, I think it's unlikely, but it is possible. Uh, don't think they're winning the division. The Chiefs are way too good. This is not going to be the case here. Uh, but it is possible if Herbert can really play well and have you know an MVP caliber season, they'll make the playoffs for sure. Yeah, uh, I think a lot depends on his play. A lot of talent on the defense, an enormous amount of talent around Herbert with Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, a lot of great talent there. Uh, Obviously, Hunter Henry was a big loss, but I think they can go without him. We'll have to see how he does this year. Um, but it's in the cards, whether it's played, we'll have to kind of wait and see.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so the next game, uh, I got to talk about it. It's the Patriots and Dolphins. Um, I think this is, I mean, I'm obviously going to be watching that game, uh, which it's going to be, it's going to be tricky because that's on the same time as the Browns and Chiefs. So probably going to have to do some sort of a TV laptop action, uh, with those two games. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm really looking forward to see how Mac Jones does in his first start. Um, obviously, you know, see how the running game does. I think the offensive line, uh, should be pretty darn good this year, uh, with Damien Harris. So, um, I'm looking forward to seeing the running game. And then the defense obviously had a decent amount of injuries last year. Still Gilmore, Gilmore still out, but I still think this is going to be a very solid defense. And it's going to be interesting to see how Tua deals with that good defense. Um, because obviously Tua didn't have a lot of weapons last year. Um, I think that's at least a contribution contributing factor to why he wasn't you know all that great last year so it's going to be interesting to see how Tua does you know two young quarterbacks both Alabama quarterbacks um, and obviously you have the Flores Belichick matchup obviously former uh, Patriots you know uh, coordinator uh, in Flores so I think a lot of interesting storylines in this game and um, I'm really looking forward to it I think that the Patriots will be able to get the win uh, in Gillette but um, I don't think the Dolphins can be slept on either
1: Yeah. Now we'll again. We'll have to see with that game too. Uh, one last game I want to talk about. We got the Seahawks and Colts. Um, similar to the Chargers and in, in, uh, Washington football team, uh, two very good teams in different ways. The Colts are incredibly, incredibly talented with Carson Wentz at the helm, who I'm also a believer in, who seems like he is going to play. Uh, this is a very winnable game for the Colts, I think. Um, I guess the Seahawks, who's been just a great team collectively. Um, yes, they're on the downturn. Um, So this, to me, is going to be a really, really good game. It's Seahawks minus three, um, and I think the Colts cover this line and win this game at home, a big uh, tone-setting game for them at the start of the season. I really like the Colts here. I do like the Seahawks too, but uh, I think the Colts will take this game. Uh, Carson Wentz, I, I think, is kind of that piece that the Colts have been missing since Luck has left um and he'll gel well there's a lot of great talent on that team you have Jonathan Taylor and Ian Hines who they just extended uh for a big deal so I was talking to Trevor beforehand. and Jonathan Taylor owners I, I would not be as high on him they got a lot of running backs there um you know and a lot of great receivers over there too Paris Campbell is there uh, with a fabulous offensive line Quentin Nelson is, is one of the best offensive linemen in the league if not the best um so Colts take this game and cover the spread in my opinion um, I'm excited to see my opinions are, are right. You know, we'll, we'll check back in next week. Trevor, any other games you want to talk about before we kind of wrap up this shorter podcast? Yeah, today?
0: just quickly, uh, with the Browns and Chiefs, I mean, this game, obviously, I think should be a great game. Hopefully it is. Um, I, I think it will be pretty close. Um, I expect the Browns to play, um, well, I mean, they almost won the game last year, but it was only because Mahomes went out. If Mahomes went went out, the Chiefs probably wouldn't have by, like, 20 points. Um, in this game, I think the Browns legitimately will keep it close. Despite the fact that Mahomes will play the whole game. Um, Knock on wood, obviously. But yeah, I I think it's going to be a good game. I really love the Browns' offensive line in particular. I think they have the best offensive line, probably in the entire league. Um, You know, obviously you have the Cowboys that are, you know, contending for that spot as well. But I think the Browns probably have the best. Um, So to see how that matchup is with the Chiefs' D line, and then to see the new look uh, Chiefs' offensive line, I think it's going to be very interesting as well. And to see how. Uh, you know, that, that works out there with oh, that matchup. I think it's going to be a very good game. I mean, the Chiefs, I do think, are going to win, but I wouldn't be necessarily surprised if the Browns somehow managed to, to pick up a win. You know, maybe the Chiefs come out and they don't look as sharp as they normally do. Wouldn't be too surprised, but I think, obviously, the safe pick is the Chiefs.
1: Yep, no, I would agree with you. I don't think the Chiefs will be losing many games this year at all, but I, I think we'll end the podcast there for today. Uh, excited to watch the first... Uh, Sunday football of the year. It's going to be great. Um, but thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of the Small Baller Podcast. We really appreciate all the support you've given us. Of course, subscribe to the podcast and leave five-star review if you enjoyed it. Follow us on Twitter at the Small Baller or click the link in the description. Uh, with that being said, thank you all so much for listening and we'll see you guys next
0: time. Go Falcons!